Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 226. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Ginger, my cattle dog, and always one step ahead of me co-host. Say hi, Ginger. <coughs> Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on anticipation, the main key to safety around horses. Our topics for this week are anticipating horse behavior, common dangerous behaviors of horses, and approaches to managing bad behaviors in horses. Many years ago, I worked in Rocky Mountain National Park as a guide for horseback rides. We worked about 12 hours a day, seven days a week. I really loved the environment and the scenery. Plus, I thought it would quell my desire to ride horses. I got used to the scenery after a while, but I never got tired of riding horses. However, what I liked about riding changed. I liked the mental aspects of riding and training, which never got old. Anticipating how a horse will react is important in safety for yourself and for the horse. To be reasonably safe around horses, particularly young or poorly trained or painful horses, a handler or rider must be able to respond to either signs of distress in a horse or sudden movements of a horse in appropriate ways. Timely responses can only occur if the possibility of sudden movements of the horse are anticipated. So the best way to avoid injury from horses is to understand their normal behavior. Anticipate their reactions in advance and make the appropriate adjustments to avoid the situation or, or deal with it safely. Horses outweigh humans five to tenfold, with greater proportions of muscle and respiratory ability. Handling cannot be done with force. Injury to themselves or to humans can be great due to their body size, strength, and speed of movement. They can frequently find a reason for an attempt to flee, but their handler may not see hear, or smell it. Horses that are most likely to injure a handler are stallions, nursing mares, or sick or injured horses. Most injuries to people from horses are not from horse aggression. They are from inherent dangers of horses, which are a prey animal with a primary defense of fleeing. Aggression is usually reserved for foal protection, herd control, and stallion mating rights. Changes in weather can make a horse more difficult to handle. Wind reduces their ability to smell and hear. It can also blow horse scary objects like plastic bags around. A sudden return to more moderate temperatures will invigorate horses that were tired from heat or flies 
or horses that were well rested hiding from cold winds. Unusual objects on their horizon will cause them concern, such as a motorcyclist on the road, a moved trash can, or a veterinary truck parked in a new location. Irritation from flies can cause distraction, stomping, and kicking. Horses kept for excessive periods in box styles will be less attentive to the handler and more reactive when taken out to be handled. Most communications between horses and from horses to humans is by body language. The body language vocabulary is not large. They use ear, head, and neck position, movement, pawing, and tail swishing. The essential language for a handler of horses to know includes if the horse's head is up, its neck is tense, the ears are forward, the eyes fixed on a perceived threat, it blows hard out the nostrils or snorts and lifts its tail means red alert and ready to bolt. Ears held back moderately and head low can mean I want you out of my space. But at grain feeding time it often means hurry up and give me food. Or when working means a sign of resolve to work hard and pay better auditory attention to the rider or handler. Pulling the ears back when aggressive is a tighter flattening of the ears to protect them from being bitten. This does not enhance hearing. Non-aggressive horses often turn their ears backward to focus on hearing of what's happening behind them. This is a typical ear position for horses when racing, and the same posture is used by stallions to drive herd members from behind the herd. Being able to see the white part of a horse's eye is a better indication of fear or aggression than the position of their ears. Dancing or swaying on the rear feet and swishing the tail rapidly back and forth, if not being harassed by flies, means I am dominant and my patience is gone. This is a signal that the horse is ready to kick. Passive body language can be licking lips, lowering the head to withers height, blinking eyes, or cocking a hind foot over onto the front of the hoof, which means, oh, this is not as bad as I thought, or been here, done that. Pawing the ground is a sign of impatience or frustration. Horses can go into a light sleep when standing because of a unique stay apparatus that can lock their legs and keep them from collapsing. Laying down in deep sleep occurs when they believe they're safe and a herd sentry is on guard. Care must be taken not to startle a sleeping horse that is standing, or it may become startled and kick. The typical posture of standing sleep is head lowered, lower lip drooping, and tail motionless. When working on an area of pain at the flank or back legs, it's best for a handler to run his hands over the normal area on the other side to allow the horse to adjust to his touch and then reach underneath from the normal side to the affected side to test the horse's sensitivity to the area of possible pain. 
A longer than usual lead with a stopper knot on the end should be used if rearing is anticipated. If a horse rears, the handler should give it more length of the lead rope and move away from the range of the front hooves. The end knot will reduce the risk of the lead slipping through the hand. Attempts to keep the horse down may result in it overcompensating and falling over backwards or pulling the handler close enough to be hit by its hooves. While moving away, the handler should also move in a semicircle toward the horse's hip to make its hip begin to circle away from the handler when the horse comes down. Lunging it in small circles both directions immediately after it rears can eliminate any thought of reward by rearing and discourage it from rearing again. Jerking down on a lead rope is a misguided reprimand that can cause a horse to rear again. Horses bite by either nipping, pinching, or grasping with the mouth. Nipping with the teeth is to test dominance or to make a horse or human move. Nipping of humans almost always begins from being fed food treats by hand. Handing horses food treats get them in the habit of associating hands and pockets with food. When the treats do not appear when it desires, the horse will invade the handler's personal space due to do a body search with their nose and lips and eventually nip the handler out of frustration. A horse opening its mouth wide enough to grasp a handler's arm, shoulder, or her neck is a highly aggressive and dangerous act. Among the injuries to handlers from horses, 3 to 4.5% are due to bites. A horse that attempts grasping bite has no respect for humans. Most of these horses should be euthanized, humanely put to death is they are highly dangerous menace to handle and should not be bred. Stallions and some boss mares are most likely to aggressively bite and must be watched carefully. A rider should catch and groom the horse that he plans to ride. Grooming a horse develops a trusting relationship between the horse and the handler. The horse's attitude after riding should also be assessed. If they become more resentful of being ridden during a ride and have an improved attitude after a few days' rest, they may have pain from exercise, such as saddle sores or arthritic pain. While riding horses, attention must be paid to the horse's attitude. Their attitude should be checked before mounting and their predominant focus of attention should be on their feet, where they're stepping, and the rider. The rider should ride with his attention ahead, looking for objects or situations that might frighten or endanger the horse. Maintaining the horse's attention on the rider can be achieved by directing it in a zigzag pattern, circling, and doing vertical flexion of its face by rhythmic, gentle pulling and release of the reins when needed. The goal is to have the horse go where it should, not necessarily where it wants. A ride should always begin at a walk or trot. The rider should circle the horse any time it wants to go faster than the rider wants. It's important to keep the horse's feet moving. Attempts to keep an energized or frightened horse's feet still will cause them to become claustrophobic and add to their anxiety in the Rider's difficulty in managing the horse. 
After the horse is warmed up and maintaining a calm attitude, it can be loped or cantered or galloped. If needed, the rider should ride the horse at a walk, trot, and lope in a small round pen and move to larger pens as the rider's confidence increases. The horse should not be allowed to stop and eat when the rider is in the saddle. Allowing it to eat while being ridden is an escalating problem that results in a rider's loss of control of the horse's attention. Extreme care is necessary to cross pavement, especially if the horse is shod. Smooth metal shoes are very slick on pavement. Asphalt, oil spots, or light rain, which floats oil to the pavement surface, will exacerbate the slickness of the pavement. Riding along roads is best avoided. Roadsides are often littered with glass and wire that can injure a horse's hooves and legs. If it's necessary to ride alongside a road, a rider should ride toward the oncoming traffic if permitted by state law. Another rider should never be left behind on a ride, even for short distances. A horse left behind may panic from being away from the group and race across a road or or into other dangers to join up with other horses that it knows. Horses free in a pasture will usually run up to or along a fence line, which can frighten horses being ridden on the other side of the fence, especially if the pastured horses and ridden horses are unfamiliar with each other. Emergency stops or dismounts should be practiced as a precaution against a runaway. Pulling back on both reins of a horse believed to be out of control is a common reaction by inexperienced riders but it can be very dangerous. Either the horse will not stop because it can usually pull out of the rider's arms with its mouth and neck, or it'll stop and then may rear up and fall over on the rider. A rider that tries to jump off incorrectly may get caught up in the stirrups and be dragged. To regain control of a horse that wishes to go faster or in a different direction than the rider desires, the one rein stop is an emergency brake that must be applied slowly. A similar technique to the one rein stop is the pulley rein. One rein stops require room to circle, which may not be available when riding on some trails. The pulley rein stop can stop a horse without the room needed for circling, while reducing the risk of the horse rearing, and is the only safe stop method if riding in woods or on slopes. English-style riders are frequently taught an emergency discount for unruly horses. This requires continuing to hold the reins with both hands while placing the heels of the hands on the horse's withers and kicking both feet free of the stirrups. If you have comments or are interested in particular animal handling subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. The most dangerous behaviors of horses are in the effort to flee perceived dangers. Weather changes and other environmental stimuli are often the stimulus for dangerous behavior in horses. If preparing to ride a horse, the horse's attitude should be assessed prior to mounting and moderated when needed. Ginger says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my books, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint. 
concise textbook of small animal handling, and concise textbook of large animal handling. All published by CRC Press and available on Amazon and for many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is provided at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 200 past podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Ginger and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about legal considerations of animal handling. Hey, Ginger, how was the documentary on graphs that you are watching earlier? Oh, that's too bad. Why were you disappointed? Oh, she said the plot was predictable. <laughs> <laughs>